This person is on the apps year round, but I have to imagine that they feel a bit emboldened during any period of heightened activity on the apps, and that includes around Valentine's Day. So keep your guard up for this person. I unfortunately did not keep my guard up high enough because this was the first person I matched with once I got back on the app, literally. And, you know, I was excited. I'm going to be honest. Was he attractive? Yes, of course. to Interstates and Heartbreak, I have to say the calendar and podcast gods have shown down on me this week because we are fortunate enough to have Valentine's Day fall on a Sunday this year, the very day that this show comes out. And naturally, I couldn't let the holiday just pass by as this is a podcast all about dating and relationships. And since none of my recorded interviews really dive into the holiday specifically, I thought what a perfect time to come back with another solo episode. So it's just me. I bet you didn't think that this would happen again so quickly. For anyone who hasn't listened to it, the first solo episode was episode 28 and it was titled New Year, New Me. I would highly recommend it because I read the New Year's resolutions that I wrote out in my 8th and ninth grade diaries, and they are very, I'll say illuminating, just to say the least. But of course, you know, listen to this episode first and then go back. So last month was the first time that I learned about what is quite literally the thirstiest modern holiday in our society, and it's called Dating Sunday. For anyone who doesn't know, it's the first Sunday of the year during which dating app downloads and usage see their highest activity levels, and this is for the entire year. It's just like this crazy surge, everyone's New Year's resolutions, and their likely loneliness at being left to kiss nobody on New Year's Eve has inspired them to re-download. And I had to imagine that the period right around Valentine's Day saw a similar spike, Not because I have any hard data behind this, even though I am a data nerd, so I definitely attempted to find some from within the past year, but really just because of the similarity of both of the holidays. And New Year's and Valentine's Day are both times when your relationship status becomes a central question, really from a pop culture perspective. And whether you're happy or unhappy about it, the questions, who are you kissing at midnight and who's your Valentine, are really bound to make you reflect on the fact that you're single. And of course, there are definitely other events that might cause you to reflect as well, such as the recent engagement of an ex or a birthday that maybe you celebrated alone when you would have preferred to have a partner. But those are really individual moments of reflection. Valentine's Day, by contrast, is a shared cultural experience. And whether you like it or not, it's also just a time of the year when it's really deemed socially acceptable to focus solely on everyone's relationship status. So to go back, those of you who listened to another former episode with Will Ripito and Megan Ladd titled Finding My Stage 5 Clinger may remember that the three of us had done a whole revamp of my dating app profile together. And this was on a platform that's relatively unfamiliar to me, OkCupid. 
And avid listeners can likely infer that I'm a bit of a hinge stan, and I have also dabbled in Tinder in spite of my better judgment. And I've all but given up on Bumble because my opening line game is clearly pretty weak because I've yet to secure a date from that platform. But really, I have to ask myself, what about OkCupid? Megan literally met her husband on the app after only six weeks of swiping, and that fact alone made it worth checking out, in my opinion. So I highly recommend listening to that joint episode. For anyone who hasn't, it's number 29, actually, immediately following the New Year's episode. And Will and Megan share their experience on OkCupid. They talk about overall dating app strategies, and we dive into a number of situational dating questions pretty extensively. But despite going through all of that and really preparing, in full disclosure, I did not get back on the app right after that. So the initial plan was to get back on in January after my boot came off. I tore my Achilles last fall and I was wearing this like very intrusive and very unsexy boot and hobbling up to a socially distanced first date with a piece of hardware on my foot. It just like wasn't really the vibe I was going for. So I finally got the boot off and I was somewhat closer to passing for a non-injured individual, but my gait just wasn't quite there. And to quote my friend for context, she said, I was watching you limp to the bathroom. It was really sad. So I continued to put it off thinking I would just be better off getting back on the apps when I have a bit more of my literal swagger back. But that procrastination has finally ended this week because as I was considering what I should cover during this Valentine's episode, I thought about what a potentially interesting and awkward time it can be to just start talking to somebody in the days leading up to this holiday. And what better way to speak on this topic than to do some field research, if you will. Like I mentioned, I love research. I love data. So here I am, no longer letting this slight limp prevent me from putting this off. And admittedly, at the moment, you know, at least in this past week, I'm like 50% here for love, 50% for content. And to quote the now disgraced Chris Harrison, some may accuse me of being here for the wrong reasons, but here we are. So before diving into the OkCupid experience and starting to look through profiles, my own profile definitely needed some work in the form of the bio because like Will and Megan helped me answer all of the questions about like your values that the app uses to kind of match you with people and determine your compatibility. And they helped me pick photos, but we didn't go through all of the prompts. So I do honestly take this very seriously in the sense that I'm not just going to throw anything up there. Like I don't want it to be boring. I don't want it to be basic. Like I'm not going to say anything about the office or about tacos. Like everyone has seen that a million times. But I don't take it seriously in the traditional sense in terms of giving super literal or straightforward answers. And whether that is a good strategy or not remains to be seen. But I just feel like there's so much more fun to be had with a profile that's playful and doesn't start with me just like diving into my love languages before I've even potentially spoken to somebody. So to give a little sense of what I'm going for... The intro about me section comes in pretty hot, literally quoting Missy Elliott lyrics specifically. You know, I won't wrap them for you. I'll, I'll spare you from that. So I'm five foot two. I want to dance with you and I'm sophisticated fun. I eat filet mignon. I'm nice and young. Best believe I'm number one. And then in the line below that, I say, if you don't know the above lyric, you're too young for me with the shrugging girl emoji. And the final line of my bio is like an asterisk that says actually five foot three. So I feel like that sets the tone. It's like, 
I want to show my personality. I'm not really like diving into any of my like core beliefs or anything, because I feel like you can kind of get those from those values questions that I answered before. So why double down on that? So then you have the actual prompts and I'll start by saying, I fully plan to build this out more. Actually scrolling through OkCupid and going through these profiles was pretty humbling because you really see how much more in depth the profiles are here versus on the other apps that I've historically used. But you really have to start somewhere. I'd already put it off and I was like, I'm not going to put it off just because I want to answer like 10 prompts instead of three. And so I started within my comfort zone from what Hinge and Bumble typically provide. And so the first prompt I picked is current goal. And so for this prompt, I responded regrowing my right Achilles tendon. And in parentheses, I put bonus points for anyone who correctly guesses how I tore it. And that actually applies to anyone listening to the podcast who wants to submit a guess via a review. So this way, you know, if I do eventually hobble up to a date, there's an explanation behind it. There's some context. I feel like it's a good conversation starter. One guy did guess that I tripped on the sidewalk, which like, okay, A, give me a little bit more credit and like... I would like to think that our bodies are not fragile enough at 30 years old that like you can just tear your Achilles because you tripped, but who knows? Who knows what that guy's working with? So then my next prompt was I should spend less time dot, dot, dot. And I answered scrolling through Yelp before deciding on a restaurant. Honestly, I can't even tally the number of hours that I have spent doing that when I need to pick somewhere to eat. So it's pretty accurate. And then finally, there's what I'm actually looking for. And I guess this is the part where I kind of negate my earlier claim about not including anything basic because I wrote to slowly con someone into becoming a reluctant viewer of The Bachelor. And I just want to take a moment to say I wrote this before the shit show that happened this past week. And so while I may write a post about what's happening in the franchise, I'm not going to dive into it here, except just to say that this prompt, obviously it's tongue in cheek. It still feels a little inauthentic for me to include given like my current frustrations with how the franchise has these continued shortcomings when it comes to deeper issues about representation and diversity. So that's that. It'll probably change. But for now, this is what I was working with going into this little foray into OkCupid. And so anyway... Now that I've provided that context about what I was working with on the profile side when I reactivated OkCupid, what I'm really going to focus on for the rest of the episode is what it looks like to be on the apps during the week of Valentine's Day. Specifically, three approaches that you may be subjected to and my experience with them. So the first one is in the form of the hopeless romantic and this is the guy who will propose meeting up on Valentine's Day for the symbolism of it. And contrary to popular belief, I actually don't think that having your first date on Valentine's Day is a deal breaker in itself. Like it falls on a Sunday of a three day weekend this year. So it feels pretty illogical and like a little bit dramatic to actively avoid doing something chill, like going on a hike or grabbing ice cream if you're both free just because it's like, oh, well, it's Valentine's Day. Like I don't want them to read into it. Like hopefully no one would, right? So what I will say is that I do think that going out of your way to acknowledge that your first date is on Valentine's Day and like attempting to attribute some additional meaning to that with someone you literally don't know, that is where the deal breaker comes in. And so I feel like that is what the hopeless romantic is guilty of. It's not the fact that they are suggesting dates on Valentine's Day. It's the fact that like, 
either they really believe that it's going to have some added significance or maybe they think it'll win some points with you because you believe it has some added significance. Either way, it's just kind of weird. And I did encounter someone who had this as the final line of his profile. He said, should our first date be on Valentine's Day? And I feel pretty confident that it wasn't like some tongue-in-cheek thing and he does in fact fall into this hopeless romantic category because he answered one question after he had his bio filled out. And the one question was, what I'm actually looking for? And his response was honestly even worse than my bachelor response. It was love dot 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 in all caps. Literally so dramatic as again, Chris Harrison would say the most dramatic bio ever. But, you know, I hope he found the date he was searching for, and I also hope that he remembers to update his bio on Monday, assuming that that first date doesn't wind up being the one. So the next category that we will encounter is the opportunistic fuckboy. And to be honest, this person is on the apps year-round, but I have to imagine that they feel a bit emboldened during any period of heightened activity on the apps, and that includes around Valentine's Day. So keep your guard up for this person. I unfortunately did not keep my guard up high enough because this was the first person I matched with once I got back on the app, literally. And, you know, I was excited. I'm going to be honest. Was he attractive? Yes, of course. His opening line was, hey, what's up, gorgeous? And so when I responded with like, wow, coming in hot with a compliments, haha, I can get behind this. He took that as an opportunity to say, LOL, I could get behind you. So... Naturally, that was not going to fly. And when I called him out for coming in too hot, he said, don't be shy. And I replied, yeah, definitely not shy. You just haven't earned it. And the shrugging girl emoji, which, you know, now I'm realizing maybe I overuse, but whatever. And that's where the conversation ended because shortly after that, he unmatched me. And I am surprised. I have to say it seems a bit dramatic and cowardly for someone who is willing to be that bold from the jump, but good riddance. So the third profile archetype that we'll find around this time is very seasonal. And I call this one spam poetry. And it's like slam poetry in the sense that multiple people are being subjected to it at once. And I'm guaranteed to judge you on this. So for context, I got an intro message and it was just very clear that this is a message someone copies and pastes to every match that they get or every person who they're trying to match with. So to read it verbatim, it opens with a rose emoji, of course, very appropriate. And it read, roses are red, violets are blue. You look interesting. So give me a clue. Are you looking for a date or just another playmate? Or is that up for debate? What are you looking for in a man? Send me your number. Let's make a plan. So... On a personal note, this is a little triggering for me because it immediately reminded me of Valentine's Day in fifth grade. And I went back to my desk and I had a folded up piece of like notebook paper that read, roses are red, violets are blue. I don't need dental records to find you. And initially my naive romantic 10 year old brain thought that it might be like a note from a secret admirer. And in hindsight, that is just like a thinly veiled threat, like someone who maybe was trying to murder me. Anyway, digesting the current poem in hand, staying on topic, the only commentary made about my profile in this poem of sorts is you look interesting, which really makes sense because it's like this has to be generic enough to be sent out to an array of women. So you can't really dive into any specifics there. 
So then he says, give me a clue. And the question is, like, give you a clue about what? And, like, unless he's asking for more intel before he guesses how I tore my Achilles, which we know he's not because this is a mass message, I can only assume this question is in reference to his follow-up questions around whether I'm looking for a date or, as he says, quote-unquote, another playmate. So I don't know. I'm like, which question do I answer first? Do I answer the question about my intentions? Do I list my criteria in a man? Should I just reply with my number and we can hash this all out via text? It's just too much. And the paradox of choice has shown us that too many options eventually lead to inaction and paralysis. In this case, it led me to a left swipe. But we are not done with this category of spam poetry because I really can't make this up. Immediately after I swiped left on this person, the following profile comes up. And what I'm about to read, it was a little different. It didn't come in the form of an intro message because this man instead decided to grace all of his potential OkCupid matches who come across his profile with this opening gem. And I quote, Let's dance. Let's laugh. Let's have lots of fun. Prepare to smile. Now, on a more romantic note, enjoy my poem. And before I dive into the actual poem myself, which is really a doozy, so I need to give it the proper space that it deserves, I just have to call out that this man opened his bio with like the dating app equivalent of like a live, laugh, love quote. So there's that. So here goes. And again, I read verbatim. Let us hold strong through the worst of times so that we deserve each other in the best of times. Let us share not only in the joys, but in the sorrows too. And sorrows is spelled incorrectly. It's important to note that. And conquer life's challenges to prove our love is true. And if life gets hard and thou doth run away, I hope far, far away is where thou wilt stay. Resist the desire for an empty fantasy and enjoy a full life in reality. So approach me as an equal and let's build our empire fit for the regal. And if thou choose... (laughs) He can't even say this. And if thou chooseth to be a lover and best friend, I promise to exalt thee until the end. And scene. So before you think, okay, surely this man is joking or this must be a reference to something, I assure you he is not because the next line just says, hello everyone, I hope you all enjoyed my poem. And the rest of the bio is extremely lengthy, so I won't subject everybody to all of that, but to give a sense of the tone of the rest of the bio includes the line, I strive to make the right and most logical decision with limited, ideally zero influence from popular trends and traditions, as I would rather live in truth alone than wrong with the crowd. Clearly, like you've made that very apparent. So I personally relish profiles like this, and it's not for the comedic reasons that you might think. Like, this is literally the easiest decision I could possibly make in terms of whether this person is a match, which direction to swipe. I don't lean into astrology, but I am a Libra, and I think that kind of impacts how indecisive I am. And I would also like to say that I tend to see the best in people, both qualities which have resulted in me swiping right and subsequently going on dates with a lot of people who wound up being, like, kind of a waste of time, you know, just, like, not a good match. 
In this situation, there is zero chance of me being confused. And I have to own the other side of this too. Like if he were to come across my profile first, he would likely read through it and be like, this girl is quoting Missy Elliott, assuming he even knows who that is. Clearly she's not taking this seriously enough and not be interested, which is fine. You know, it's pretty safe to say that the lack of interest would be mutual. And I really hope that this man finds someone who appreciates his candor, let's say. So before I close out the episode, I wanted to end on a positive note and to give three virtual roses to the men of OkCupid whose answers did stand out, either because they were kind of funny or they were just a bit unique from the -the run-of-the-mill responses. And I just have to give context. Like I mentioned earlier, people on OkCupid they are more serious than I thought. So it was harder to come across those glib answers. And now honestly, I'm left feeling a little bit like a clown. So we'll see how my profile might evolve the longer I'm on this app. But yeah, let's just start with number one. So the prompt was most private thing I'm willing to admit. And the response was I own a bidet. Honestly, it's not even that funny. I just had to address this because I too own a bidet and I feel that not enough people out there are talking about how much of a game changer this is. If there are any bidet sponsors out there that would like to, you know, represent Interstates and Heartbreak, I'm fully down to get behind this because it is a public service announcement that many people need. Next one is I spend a lot of time thinking about. And then his response is whether there's any truth to the expression, if you don't use it, you lose it. So honestly, love a good Steve Carell reference when it is outside of the confines of the traditional office quotes that everyone always makes. So yeah, everyone laughed when Steve Carell asked this in the 40-year-old version, but like maybe we shouldn't be laughing. Maybe it's a serious question we need to consider. And then the final one, the prompt reads, a time I felt at one with nature. And he responds with, I was stung by a tarantula hawk once. It was the most intense pain I've ever felt, and I've been on fire before. So I had to close with this because this, in my opinion, is an exemplary dating prompt in terms of its effectiveness. It's objectively interesting, and it immediately inspires me to A, Google a tarantula hawk, never heard of that before, and B, inquire how he caught on fire. So Honestly, if I had anything this cool and badass to tease in an app, maybe I wouldn't have to rely on basic prompts about forcing boys to watch The Bachelor with me. And that is it for today's Valentine's episode. Hopefully you enjoyed. If you're single and you're on the apps also, hopefully it was a bit relatable and helped you feel better about your own dating app encounters. And if you're not single, hopefully it provided an entertaining inside look on what you're honestly not missing out on. So I want to hear from you. How did I do on my prompts? Do you have any suggestions for what I can add or maybe swap out the bachelor prompt for? What was your experience on the apps during Valentine's week? And have you seen any standout profiles, either positive or negative? You can answer all these questions and more by following and DMing me on Instagram at interstates and heartbreak. Or if you really feel passionate about sliding into those DMs, you can get on the personal account at Leslie Nope, L-E-S-L-I-E-G-N-O-P-E. Bye. Let's be exclusive. Subscribe to Interstates and Heartbreak wherever you listen to podcasts for more firsthand stories about the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles. And while you're at it, you can write me a love letter with a rating and review on Apple. 
See you next Sunday.